This podcast is brought to you by public.com, the investing social network. Public is a free app where you can own the companies you believe in and share ideas in a community of investors. There are more than a few investing apps out there, but here's what's different about public. Social features that allow people to share and discover new ideas. The app also supports responsible investing habits, so they don't encourage day trading, nor do they offer margin accounts or options. Features like safety labels on potentially risky stocks give members more complete context. Public has also recently opted out of payment for order flow, so they don't sell your trades to third parties. Public's community is made up of 40% women and 45% people of color, so its members come from all sorts of backgrounds and walks of life. Conversations on public span deep dives into new IPOs, as well as general insights on financial wellness and category trends. You can even use group chats to build investing clubs with your friends. Head over to public.com to sign up and start with a free slice of stock. Then you can get going with as little as $1, and if you're looking to transfer your portfolio over from another brokerage, they'll even cover the fees for accounts valued at over $150. Valid for only U.S. residents 18 years and older and subject to account approval. For more information, see public.com disclosures. Hi everyone, it's Julie Brahage Greenberg here with your Tux Time podcast from Fintech Today, where we talk about all things Fintech. In this episode, we're joined by a special guest, Dan Henry, who became the CEO of Green Dot about a year ago this month, actually. Uh, prior to this role, he's led companies through IPOs and co-founded others as well. And despite coming into this role when the world was shutting down a year ago, he's been able to lead the company's stock up around 75%, as well as launching a slew of other products and do a lot of changes at the firm for the better. Dan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Julie. It's a real honor. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's too bad we didn't do this like a month from now when we're in Austin. We could just sit down in the same room and do this. That would be the deal. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we Next do a version two. So. We'll, we'll have a, we'll a follow-up. Um, so let, let's just start off with a brief background on you, and then we can dive into what you've done at Green Dot, because there's been a lot of changes, both product-wise, management-wise, et cetera, over the past 12 months. Absolutely. What would you like, what would you like to know? <laughs> so you first, what drew you to Green Dot, and what sort of experience did you have beforehand that made you such a logical choice to you? Because when I was doing research for this, you were a rumored CEO candidate as far back as like 2016, 2017. So I think they've wanted you for this job for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, it, it's nice to be wanted, as, as they say. But, um, you know, I am I'm a very fortunate um, payments entrepreneur. And so I, I got into the payments business um, almost accidentally back in 94 when I co-founded a company called Euronet um, and moved over to Budapest, Hungary to solve the, the problems in Central Eastern Europe for former communist countries that were 100% cash-based economies. And so 13 years of, of being there at Euronet, um, building that business, really with the intent of you know, putting in ATM infrastructure and payments infrastructure, with the mission to help migrate an economy and consumers from cash to electronic payments. There were tremendous 
tremendous experience, tremendous network building, just very, very fulfilling time there. Um, after that, was recruited in to be the CEO of NetSpend, uh, based in Austin, Texas. And that was, you know, same mission, you know, to be able to provide a prepaid debit card to consumers that were locked out of the traditional banking system and pretty much trapped in cash in this country. And um, so, eight, I'm sorry, six years of that run, and then... Um, was somewhat unemployable for a number of years. And you know, then when the opportunity with Green Dot opened up, I guess a little more than a year ago, it was you know, too good to pass up. Yeah, it seems like you were very employable at that point too. Um, so for someone that's listening to the podcast that is familiar with FinTech, they're going to know what fin, uh, Green Dot is and what it does. But for someone like, I don't know, my mom or dad that are listening to this and as much as they want to know about FinTech, just because I'm so into it, they're not as savvy on that front yet as what, uh, other listeners might be. So how about you just explain what Green Dot was when you took over and where you kind of envisioned things going over the next few years? Certainly. So to me, you know, fintech is is the new word for what I've done for a long time, which is payments, uh, which is the digitization of money. How do you make the movement of funds easier? Um, how do you make it more seamless, more intuitive, faster, lower cost? more traceable, more secure. That to me is what payments in fintech is. How can you seamlessly connect consumers um, with their money and, and businesses with, with consumers who, who want to pay them? Um, with Green Dot, you, the, what's so attractive to me about Green Dot is I think that we have the most powerful collection of assets in the fintech industry. To do anything in payments in the United States, you must have access to the banking system, and and for very very good reason. You know the banking system, you know, is highly regulated. Um, it demands um, attention. It demands security because let's face it, when you're in, when you're in the payments in the fintech space, you're this isn't about you know setting up a network so you can share music files or videos. Okay, you're setting up a network to move money, okay? and. The bank robbers today, you know, don't wear a mask and walk into a bank branch. The bank robbers today are cyber criminals that are spread all over the world, you know, attacking our banking system. So first and foremost, if you think about, you know, a fintech, to do anything in payments, you need to have access to the banking system. Well, Green Dot owns a bank. You know, so to have that, you know, first in line, front row seat, you know, into the banking system gives us a tremendous advantage in terms of our ability to serve a customer, create your know, develop innovative products. We have that. Um, we have a been built over 20 years, a distribution network of 90,000 reload locations. So 90,000 bricks and mortar retail locations where we are wired into the point of sale systems with these retailers. We, yes, we do distribute um, plastic cards, prepaid debit cards through these retailers. And that's a very big part of our business to, to reach the consumers. But many times I think what's overlooked is inside of those retailers, you have the ability to load funds. We're talking to your parents, deposit funds you know, into your Green Dot account or into the digital wallets that we build. 90,000 locations. That's more than all the bank branches in America combined. Okay. So we own a digital bank. We have 90,000 locations where our customers can come and take funds off of their account or load funds onto their account or pick up a Green Dot product. 
know, we have our own uh, tech stack and platform where we you know, build our products and, and serve the customers with those products. We have a tremendous team of professionals that have been in the payment space for, for decades to know how to wire these products and serve these customers. <clears throat> and then um, add to that, we have some tremendous partners that we serve that we can talk about later. But just in terms of fintech, and so when we're talking about the ability to digitize cash and make it very convenient for the consumer to move funds, to get paid, to pay bills, et cetera, the fact that we own the bank, that gives us access to the banking system. We have the tech, tech stack so we can build the digital solutions. And then with 90,000 locations, we kind of have that last mile, if you will, because we may want all payments to be digital, but we have to face reality that a lot of commerce is still transacted in cash. And to be able to, to really serve that last mile, we can create a holistic, all-encompassing solution um, for our customers. Right. And the other thing to point out is obviously when uh, a bank has a traditional bank branch, there's a lot of overhead involved with that. And the way that you guys have it set up, there's much, much less overhead involved with that. It's more just the initial cost involved. Well, I, I think now you, you, you touch on you know, the, the opportunity and the absolute need for Green Dot and our product GoToBank. Because Again, I keep going back to the example, like I'm explaining this to my parents. So if we think about banking, banking's been around a lot longer than your parents. You know, banking's been around for hundreds of years. And banking and banks are, were designed to serve consumers with money. Right? It was a safe place to hold your excess funds. And then that bank would take your excess funds for, for, the, for the benefit of keeping them safe. And they would lend those out at a margin. Okay? That was always banking, to serve customers with money. There's 100 million consumers in this country that are living paycheck to paycheck. They don't have a lot of excess disposable income. They don't have a lot of excess funds to, to put in a bank. They need a transaction device. Right? And with Green Dot, with our launch of GoToBank, what we have embarked on is we are going to build the best digital bank on the planet for low to moderate income consumers. We will proudly grab the banner of serving low income consumers in this country. And as you mentioned, if you are a bank with bank branches and overhead, you simply can't afford to serve low-income consumers. Your business model is designed to serve five, 10,000 customers per branch, and those five or 10,000 customers better have pretty high deposit amounts. And, so, and then it's not just a cost structure, it's also an absolute change in mindset. So if we think about the recent government stimulus, okay, Green Dot customers, when the file started coming from the IRS on Friday, those funds were in their account that same day. Most all of our customers had their funds by end of day Saturday. Um, traditional bricks and mortar banks didn't release funds until the following Wednesday. Okay. We did it because it's the right thing to do. But not only is it the right thing to do, in our mind, it's the right thing to do, but it's what our customers need. That's how we serve our customers. Traditional banks, if they're not used to serving a low to moderate consumer, may not even think about um, doing such a thing. Right. And I think in particular for your customer, it's super important. And you also, you touched on another thing that I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand about banking is that, 
you guys, much like the other challenger banks in this space, are more transaction-based versus lending-based, which fundamentally changes your business model as well. And also helps you um, cater to some of these audiences that are just looking for something to do with transaction versus going out and getting a bunch of loans from J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, or whoever it might be. Absolutely. No, it is a, it's a different model. And so if you think about... <clears throat> um, from a valuation standpoint, in terms of the valuation of business, I mean, why why are fintechs have such high valuations and multiples as compared to banks? Okay, because fintechs are not in the, this you know the the very needed, very valuable, you know, very you know complex business of taking deposits and making loans and making a spread. Okay? What we're in the business of is <clears throat> providing a level of service to a consumer that is almost Apple-like in terms of its, its, its attention to the customer and the customer's needs. So if you think about our go-to bank product, okay, compared to maybe traditional banks, traditional banks, you can have a free account as long as you you know, have an average daily balance of you know, $900, $1,500, or $2,000 a month. Our customer can't afford an average daily balance. Okay? Our customers have a fee-free account if they sign up for direct deposit. Right? So we get their paycheck, their benefits check directly deposited on, onto the account every two weeks. It, it's a fee-free account. Oh, and they get early access to all those wages. Just as we gave the stimulus payment four or five days early, we give access to wages on average two days early to all our customers. We've created the most consumer-friendly overdraft product on the planet where all of our customers you know, they have the they they have the option, and if they're on our overdraft product, they have the requirement to be um, on our either text message alerts or email alerts, so they always know the money that they have in their account. You're talking about a consumer who's used to knowing how much money they have because it's cash in their pocket, and and that they are just you know that they're kind of you know what they make each month they spend. It's critical that they know how much they have in that account. With our overdraft product. <clears throat> Um, if a consumer um, overdrafts and they cure that overdraft within 24 hours, there's no fee whatsoever. And if there is a fee, it's only $15. And so what we find with this product is customers use this religiously to get gas the day before payday or to get groceries the day before payday. Again, if we look at this in terms of our product is designed to serve our customer, it's not designed to be you know, a big line item on our revenue um, for our P&L. And we've got rewards that pay almost, you know, some that pay 7% um, cash back, you know, with, with various retailers. And we have a secured credit card that is designed to help a customer build their credit score. And so when we think about credit for us, um, our customers who are thin file to no file in terms of a credit score, First and foremost, they need valuable tools to help them build their credit score. And I think it's very, it's, it's so often lost. Um, so many times when I've been to DC and talked to consumer advocates and politicians, you know, we just don't get it. We just don't understand the life of a low to moderate income consumer. Okay? Julie, you just said you're moving to Austin, Texas. Okay. You're going rent, to rent an apartment. Okay. You probably have a pretty good credit score. Okay. If you didn't have a good credit score, you had a low credit score, you would be required three months deposit for your apartment, three months deposit for all your utilities, and, you know, and who knows what other charges. Okay? It's very, very expensive 
to have a low or no credit score. So for us to be able to create products where as a customer setting aside and saving money or using a secured credit card to build their credit score, that's extremely valuable for the low to moderate income consumer. So that is what we are embarked on holistically is how do we truly not just serve our customer, how do we serve this customer who has unique needs and demands? Right. Um, and switching gears just a little bit, you are not the only new executive at the company over the past year. You've made a lot of different changes to um, the management team, and several of them are ones that you've had experience working with before, too. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how you went through the process of figuring out who else might be good for the team to lead you through on this vision that you have. We are we are assembling a rock star team of leaders um, at Green Dot, and I am... I'm humbled. I'm truly humbled by the people that are coming to work here. Um, I have a I have a philosophy that you know, I will never hire anybody that I myself wouldn't work for. And I, my favorite question when I'm speaking to either current employee or prospective employee is is why are you here, or why would you want to come here? You know, to really understand what's what's their passion and what drives them, and what you know, the, the, the folks that I've worked with before, you know, it's, you know, and the folks that we've brought in, you know, we've got a real, you know, there's a common denominator amongst us where we all see this tremendous collection of assets that Green Dot has, right? The bank, you know, 90,000 points of, of reload and distribution, powerful brand, a tech stack, um, a, a, the total available market for low to market consumers is huge. And I haven't even mentioned really the, the mega partners that we have, that we serve, we have Walmart. Apple, Intuit, Amazon, Google, Stash, the potential we have is, is really off the charts. And my experience, and this is my, this is my third publicly traded, um, pub, publicly traded payments company that I'm part of, and it all comes down to people and focus, right? And it, and it all starts with the people. And I've... We've hired a lot of folks and, you know, we, uh, and, and so far so good with, with who we have on the bus. And it's, it's real exciting with what we can do. Very cool. Um, so speaking, again, you've talked about both consumer-facing products as well as some business-facing products. How do you guys go and think about, you know, these vertical channels versus these horizontal businesses and how to really prioritize where your investment is going? Because it seems like there's a lot of opportunity on both ends of the spectrum. There is a, yeah, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity. Um, and the, the toughest decision to make every day is what not to do. Um, so it comes back to the, you know, the, the point about focus, you know, great people and focus. What, what are we going to focus on? And I already mentioned that with GoToBank, we intend to build the best digital bank on the planet for low to moderate income consumers. And you think about the feature functionality that we, we have on the current GoToBank product, which we, la we launched earlier this year, and the demand for that product is, is way beyond our expectations and off the charts. And we're very enthusiastic about um, where, that's, where it's going. But what's, what's wonderful about what we have and I've been in the payment space. I got to learn how to say the fintech space uh, for you know, over 25, I think close to 30 years now. And you know, the, the thing that I've learned is just you know, what's beautiful about this industry is the scalability of it. 
you know, where you, you, you build your platform, you have your infrastructure, you have your leadership team, and they, in essence, become a fixed cost. And then you find products and partners that bring you know, revenue with incremental margin. You keep your fixed cost fixed, and that margin will drop down to your bottom line. And if we think about our tech platform, where we run our, our, have we run our Green Dot products for years and years and years, our tech platform where we build the go-to bank product, the tech platform where we stand up solutions for Uber, for Walmart, for, for Apple, and for Amazon, okay? all of those customers, all of those initiatives, they utilize and leverage the same infrastructure of our bank, our tech stack, our reload network. And let's not forget customer service, fraud controls, all of those things are, are necessary to have a successful payments business. And in our partner business, our BAS business, B2B business, however you want to call it, we're serving a customer. We process close to $3 billion um, worth of stimulus payments this last time around. A very good portion of that was deposited you know, very early on that same Friday or Saturday to the customers of many of our large partners. So we made our partners look very, very good. And that was great. I'm really happy to make our partners look very, very good. But most importantly, I'm very, very pleased that through our partners, we can reach millions of customers. And that is our opportunity with our, with our partner business, is leverage our knowledge and our platform and our technology, our direct-to-consumer business, we can reach customers in the millions on our own effort of marketing and so forth, but if you think about the mega partners that we have, Amazon, Apple, Intuit, Walmart, Google, with our partners, we can reach tens of millions of customers. And so as, as, as we continue to evolve in this country around digitizing cash and keep in mind that you need to have a bank account and we green dot, we are a bank. That's a real point. We are, we're the only, I, we're the only neobank that I know of that actually is a bank. Okay? And so we can create a demand deposit account quickly and seamlessly. And we can, we can digitize that account and we can have an embedded digital wallet in the apps and in the user experiences of our partners so that they, through our partners, we can serve tens of millions of customers. You lead me into my final question here, and it'll mean that we go over time, but it's worth it. Um, so you mentioned that you guys are an actual bank and that a lot of neobanks go through banking partners. But we have seen some of these neobanks now either buy banks in the case of SoFi is now trying to buy a bank or apply for banking charters themselves. Where do you see that trend going in the future? Because I think that's a really big decision for a company, because even just that aspect changes your business model a fair amount. Yeah, it's, it's a huge decision and it requires, you know, a, a lot of effort to do so. And what I'm encouraged to see is that happening. Because as I said, to, to, to do anything in payments, you have to have access to the banking system. And as other players in ancillary spaces, you know, I think about, you know, SoFi as a lender, you know, has the same capabilities. I think we are, we, you know, Green Dot and other players in fintech, I think we collectively are driving a you know a holistic change of 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 banking and transactions and movement of money you know, inside the United States. You know, I believe that there will always be a need and a very valuable business with the traditional mainstream banks you know of size. 
But the fintechs are the ones who are going to revolutionize how money is moved and how people interact with their funds. I mean, this is, it's, it's the same old thing. You know, it, it, it's competition, it's innovation, it's disruption. And who wins at the end of the day? The consumer. That's, that's a great spot to end on right there. We'll have you on again either later this year or for your two-year anniversary at Green.2, whichever one we end up making time for first. Um, otherwise, I will see you in Austin for a barbecue before either of those takes place. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, Julie. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, thank you. That's it for today's episode of Tux Time. Join me again on Thursday when Koki Haziotis of Lasagna Technology is back with us. Bye, Dan. Thank you. Bye, Julie. Thank you. Thank you.